So Matthew, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm really excited that we finally get to do this. Great. Yeah, thanks, Lee. It's, uh, it's nice to connect and looking forward to, to chat about repatriation. Yeah, great. So Matthew, uh, if you want to introduce yourself and talk about where you work and about your institution. Yeah, so my name is Matthew Lovegrove, and I am the manager curator of the Sunshine Coast Museum and Archives. And we are located in Gibsons, British Columbia, in the traditional unceded territory of the Skohomish Nation. And yeah, we're just over here on the Sunshine Coast on a beautiful spring day today. Awesome. So your institution is about local history, I assume. We are, yeah. So we are the regional heritage museum for the entire lower Sunshine Coast. So while we're located down here in Gibsons, much of our work takes place uh, all the way up and down the coast. So up into Seashell Nation territory as well. So that encompasses places like Wasam, Roberts Creek, up into Chatleach, uh, Seashelt, and then all the way up to Egmont. So uh, we're a small little organization, but we are a regional organization for the lower Sunshine Coast. And your institution, Sunshine Coast Museum and Archives, was a very early supporter of the repatriation call to action last year, which we launched on uh, International Museums Day. Can you tell me a bit about why your institution signed the repatriation call to action? So we were really excited to see the information come out about the call to action. At the Sunshine Coast Museum and Archives, we've been uh, doing repatriation work for a number of years. and. For our organization, it, it just made a lot of sense. Our, our repatriation policy was developed in, in 2010. And so we've been you know, slowly but surely working on the repatriation of, of cultural items since that time. And when we saw the call to action come out, it's, it just really aligned well with, with our values. And personally, what I like about it is that it kind of holds us accountable for the, for the work that we are doing to ensure that we are continuing to remain committed to this really vital and important work. So, so thank you very much for all of your work on your end, setting this up. Oh, no problem. We love doing it. So when you signed on, was this a decision that you made on your own or did you discuss signing on with uh, your board or with any Indigenous communities in your area at all? Yeah, so I took the call to action information just directly to, to the board of directors uh, who were supportive of this. Um, as I said, we've, we've been conducting repatriation work for a number of years and they thought it made a lot of sense for us to, to sign on and just to continue that work by doing so. I love that your board was so supportive. Uh, I know that not every organization has that kind of support when they move forward with these kinds of opportunities. Um, so every call to action signee got a sticker and I would love to know where you put your sticker. Yeah, we've, we love the decal. It's just a beautiful piece of artwork and we've got it right on our front door, actually right front and center. So when you walk up to the museum, it's right there on the door and it's, it's a nice way to, to greet my morning when I come in on my bicycle to work. <laughs> I see it and I think <laughs> that's a, that's just a nice, it's, it's, it just looks beautiful. So, and it's uh, keeps us on the right path, I think too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sarah Jim uh, from Wasanic Nation, she uh, created the artwork for the decal, and I think it's just so, so beautiful. And if anyone's looking for the explanation about the artwork that's on the decal, we do have that on the website. And I'll make sure to note that in the closing uh, statements of the podcast. Has anyone asked you about the sticker or has it led to any discussions with visitors or with your staff even? 
Yeah, definitely at the staff level. So, you know, we've we discussed at the staff level, the call to action, of course, and I haven't heard it directly from visitors, although I think they notice it. It is right front and center, like I mentioned. But during the time of signing on to the call to action, we were receiving a little bit of press for the work that we've done with the Squamish Lua Cultural Center. We had just done a repatriation with our colleague, Alison Pascal up at the Squamish Lua Center. And so it's, it really was just a perfect timing type of thing where the decal arrived, we had signed on to the call to action, and there was an article in McLean's magazine talking about repatriation across Canada, and that specific repatriation was featured in, in McLean's. And then from there, we've done local interviews with, with our co- local newspaper and a local television, just about repatriation and the importance of it. And always, we're, you know, we're mentioning the call to action and how we've signed on, and it's something that is helping to guide our work as we move forward. So I think it's, it's been, the, the decals helped. It's been part of the uh, education piece, I think, for our community. And something that is, when we're talking about repatriation, that's been really important for us is just to acknowledge that, you know, this repatriation work in museums and cultural centers has been really going on for decades and decades. Uh, and a lot of the time led by First Nations cultural workers. So people like Sadal Kawas, Lucy Bell, uh, Jeskang Nika Collison from the Haida Nation, and many, many others have been doing this really challenging work of repatriation and often facing barriers from organizations that don't want to relinquish First Nations cultural artifacts. So it's just, it's we've taken the opportunity just to try to help contextualize and let people know that is the context, is that there's been a lot of work for many, many years from First Nations cultural workers, and a lot of the time it hasn't been really well supported. So we just want to educate people about that as well. Yeah, I love that you make that nod to the fact that this work has been done by Indigenous communities for decades. I think that's something that as the museum community, people often forget that even before we started with this, it's been going on for so long. Like this is not new news. Uh, it's been coming for a very long time. Um, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, it's, and it is a good opportunity to acknowledge that. And I think for organizations, it's, it's also important, of course, just to reflect that this type of work and anything related doesn't fall into that tokenistic category, right? So it's by contextualizing and and acknowledging the harms that only perpetuating celebratory histories can do and has done in the past on the museum front. It's it's just another way that we can help to educate our communities and to continue that work. Yeah. And while we're talking about educating the community, I wonder if you can tell me from your perspective, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of work to get the word out on the repatriation projects that you've been part of and supporting. And I wonder if you can speak to why you feel the public should care about repatriation. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think I can speak from our situation here on the Sunshine Coast. We really pride ourselves to, to, to be a community museum. We're here for our community and we really strive to be participatory in that way. It's really our job to elucidate what is in our collections and, you know, how it's come into our possession here. And, you know, when we're looking at items that have ceremonial or burial context, it's our job to, to educate our, our community that we look at as partners. These are our collaborators, everybody, hopefully within our communities. 
And it's our job to let them know what we have here. And when it comes to items of cultural importance to, you know, to, to, to work to return those items to their rightful homes and to address some of the harms that have occurred through colonization. So it's, yeah, we just, we look at it as a, it's our job to inform our community what work we're doing inside here. We want everybody to be involved and to take an interest. So we just look at it as an opportunity to, to educate and work with our community. I wonder if you can chat to us about the projects that you've had going on at Sunshine Coast, maybe a bit more in depth, you've mentioned them already. I wonder, what you've learned and what you've accomplished at the, the Sunshine Coast Museum through some repatriation work you've already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned in, in 2010, you know, it was through a lot of the hard work of a previous curator here, Kamiko Hawks, as well as the board of directors to, to develop that repatriation policy that we have. So that's really helped to guide our work as, as well in the past number of years. But just learning a little bit more about repatriation at our museum, I took a look back and it appears that we were doing a number of repatriations back in the 1990s, working with our, our partners in the Seashell Nation. And, and that's continued. And as I had mentioned, most recently, our work with the Squamish Lowat Cultural Center has been the most recent repatriation effort that we've taken on. Well, I think what I'm learning is that it really is a case-by-case scenario. And depending on the level of relationship that you have with the nation and with the cultural workers, it can really dictate how that repatriation might go. So with Alison Pascal, who is a colleague and a friend, we've co-curated exhibits before and uh, on Coast Salish Squamish Lowat culture here at the museum with Allison. So that was a little more easy to start that conversation because we already have that relationship with Allison and with the Squamish Lowat Cultural Center. But I think I'm realizing that it's all about the relationship building, of course, and that's going to, depending on the item and uh, where it came from, it's going to, it's going to dictate what stage you are in that relationship, right? You know, if they're a friend and a colleague, it's a lot easier to start that conversation versus putting in the work to, to uh, uh, a nation that you don't have the contacts. But of course, that's just so important to, to put in that work and to be there for it. So it's a, definitely a learning process and we're, we're very excited to, to continue with that. Yeah, I think that it's so important to note that kind of relationship building. Like, like you're saying, Allison is a colleague and a friend. And I think when we talk about repatriation and reconciliation, making sure that we're taking care of those relationships as friendships is incredibly valuable to that process and to that work. So Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, and it feels good. It's great work to be doing. You know, we worked with Allison, as I said, on, it was actually a Coast Salish weaving exhibit. And that was up at the museum here in 2016. It was the first exhibit that I was the lead on for for co-curation. And Alice and I worked together and it was just such a wonderful experience. And we also worked with Seashell Nation members, Raquel Joe from the Temsuya Museum, which is another amazing museum here on the Sunshine Coast. Raquel came down and gave a talk with Allison and the programming related to the exhibit was quite astounding. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. So as you're talking, I, I can tell that you're incredibly passionate about this work. And I wonder if you could speak to why this work is important to you personally. Yeah, I think I look back on my experience working in the museum field and I kind of reflect a little bit upon all of the hard work that's been done to to tell you know settler stories in, in, in quite a celebratory way while you know 
backgrounding other stories that of course have such significance and relevance to the the territories that we live on so as i mentioned i think repatriation is just it's a very tangible way that we can address some of the harms that have, have occurred through colonization and it's something that's worth spending the resources and, and the time. And I think that's something worth mentioning from our perspective, like we're a small museum. We've got two permanent staff members that work here. You know, we get a summer student for the summertime when we're busy, but we're wearing all the hats. We're doing visitor services, interpretation, collections management. And I can see how it would be really easy to just let, you know, repatriation fall to the wayside. But I think it's something that we need to prioritize and to spend the resources on, even if for small museums, and even if it means other projects aren't getting done, we need to prioritize and, and put our effort into returning these cultural items, because it's just so important to, as I said, to help acknowledge those cultural harms. And actually, Alison Pascal from Squamish Lowat Center described it super well. I think she said in an article, there's just such losses of knowledge in Indigenous communities, and repatriation is a way to recreate those those losses, right? So I think Allison describes that really well. So that's, as a small museum, I think we need to prioritize the return of these items and put that at the top of the list, which can be challenging, right? Because you need to go and <laughs> welcome people into the museum and accept the donation here and work on an exhibit there. But I think we just, we need to keep it at the, in the front of our minds and make it a priority. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I have two questions left for you. One is, would you encourage others to sign the repatriation call to action? Absolutely. I think it's a really great program. I think, as I mentioned, the accountability aspect of it is, is really important. It will, for us, it's going to encourage us to stay on the path of doing that work. And absolutely, sign up. <laughs> <laughs> sign up. You heard the man. You have to sign up. Sign up now. It's a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> Matthew, I wonder what are the next steps for the Sunshine Coast Museum? Yeah, so as I mentioned, guided by the, the BCMA call to action for repatriation, we're continuing to do that inward reflection on the items that we have in the collection. And we have a number of repatriations slated right now at different levels of progress. So we're looking at continuing those in the next, in the coming year. And I'm just really curious to see where, where, where the field moves to. We're looking at the repatriation of ceremonial and, and burial items, of course, but I'm really curious to see if there's movement towards the repatriation of, of more utilitarian items, looking at things like stone tools or baskets. I'm really, uh, really keen to follow the progress in the field and, and, and see where it goes in the coming years, because I think we're going to see a lot of changes and it's going to be all for the good, hopefully. So. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, decade or two of change. I think you're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matthew, so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us about the repatriation call to action. I really love this chat. Yeah, hey, it's been a great chat. Thanks, Leah. <laughs>